Hi, this is Steve Wick, president of Drive Through RPG, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Shane Stacks to talk about the Any Awards and the Level Up Advanced 5e Electronic Tools. In the news, Free League announces a Blade Runner role-playing game and updates on the upcoming Batman Gotham City Chronicles, previews of new Dungeons & Dragons books, plus D&D Celebration is this weekend, Legend of the Five Rings is getting a 5th edition conversion, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about reminiscing past glories over a pint. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. I've exterminated things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion because I exterminated them. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate right before I exterminated them. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears that have been exterminated. Time to die. I don't know why he saved my life. Maybe, in those last moments, he loved life more than... Exterminate! Exterminate! All the tabletop roleplay news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is... Peace Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it is a delight to be here. And not only is Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers here with me, we also have not a Shane Stacks, but the Shane Stacks. What? We got the real Shane Stacks, we're the not just getting a cheap Stacks. coffee. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah, I've, I've heard that they're out we there. We told it. Uh, yeah, I get reports that not only they're out there, but they're more entertaining. So thanks for having <laughs> me on. Uh, but so, yeah, Shane. So actually, listeners will be will be familiar with Shane because you've been on four or five times, maybe even more than that. I've, you've co-hosted two or three times. Yes, and, you've, been uh, on, you've been on a few times, and you have your own podcast, which I'm appearing on like next week. Yeah, it? we'll be talking. Uh, we'll be helping to promote. The, the launch of the Level Up Advanced 5th mm. Edition Kickstarter on Shane Plays Geek Talk. Yeah. That will yeah. be fun. Fancy. I'm, actually, I'm really looking forward to that. I always like coming on your podcast. Yeah, so it's always a blast to have you on. So looking forward to it anyway, as well. Anyway, anyway, we've got news to talk about. We've got RPG news to talk about. Mm. News ah. of an RPG like nature. News. So, Interesting. Yes. Okay. So let's talk <clears throat> Blade Runner. I'm pretty mm-hmm. jazzed about this announcement, actually. I am pretty excited, yeah. too. What, uh, what is the announcement? Because I'm like, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Uh, the announcement is, Peter, that you are a replicant. Um, yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry to break it to you. Bummer. <laughs> so, so you know that how, would like, explain when... why I've been really confused by seeing lots of tur- tortoises on fences. Yeah. Well, fence there's also... so it's been very confusing. Uh, there's also every time that you're on a website and it says, mm. check here to prove that you're not a robot and you yeah. kind of have a mental, you don't know what to do. It's because <laughs> I, deep I, down, I just back off. <laughs> deep back down, off. you know, you're a replicant. Untrustworthy. <laughs> so, so, um, 
Free League, who, as you know, produced Alien, the yes. Alien RPG, and Tales from the Loop, the what, million dollar, um, the One Ring Kickstarter earlier this year. Yep, has announced mm-hmm. a Blade Runner RPG. Ah, that explains the excitement. Hmm. So it's set in between the two films. It's set in 2037. Okay. So so the original Blade Runner is set in the futuristic time of 2019. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what things will be like in 2019. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and then the sequel is 2049, I think, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Something like that, yeah. So this is 2037. And somewhere between the two movies, the Tyrell Corporation fades. And I can't remember what the name of the new corporation is. I can't remember. But it sounds like the the game is going to be more focused on the replicants from the new corporation. And you have, you could, you could choose to play a replicant yourself because Mm. by the time of 2049, which in between will set up, you know, it's much more common. I mean, it's known as like, okay, this Blade Runner is a replicant where the Mm. first movie, they left it very, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it's coming out in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Fun little fact, by the way, uh, the androids in Alien are actually supposed to run off the Android operating system. That doesn't seem to be Wah, wah. You believe me for a split second, you're like... What? Are they yeah. the reality course up with you? So, yeah, that's right. The Blade Runner RPG, so 2022... Yeah. Yep. is when it's coming out, not when mm. it's set. So it's coming out after the original Blade Runner was set well, in 2019. But before, uh, <laughs> before the, the sequel. And um, it uses the Year Zero engine, which is their mm. usual in-house D6 dice pool. Yeah, what they use for Mutant Year Zero, which is an excellent pex crawl mm-hmm. game. Yeah. yeah, And they say it's not just retiring replicants. Mm. Uh, but it's also, there's loads of sort of corporate espionage mm. and character mm. drama and moral conflict and you know it kind of delves into a whole load of different stuff yeah alright so we talk about Batman you know last year um, Monolith which is a French mm. RPG publisher they announced Batman Gotham City RPG Chronicles RPG okay this this week they showed off quite a few previews for it mm. and I am going to share those with you in case you haven't seen them I have not there we go so there's uh-huh. lots of art and page spreads. There's a whole excerpt on the various different Robins there. Mm, yeah. Um, there's character sheets. There's all cool. sorts of stuff. Some of it's in French and some of it's in English because they're doing two versions, mm-hmm. a French version and an English version. And it's all work-in-progress stuff. There's, so it's all going to probably change a bit. How would you describe the art style, Shane? It's it comic looks- it, it looks like that they're they're pulling artwork from multiple comic books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really have a unified art style, at least on the write-up that no. I'm seeing for Robin. It looks like mm. they pulled stuff from various eras yeah. of the yeah. comic books. The The main mm. splash image is sort of gothic Silver Age, yeah, I felt. Yeah, mm. yeah kind of goth. Yeah, Silver Age gothic, I guess we mm. could call that the main, mm. the main artwork. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Lovely piece, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does seem to be most of them, but as as you correctly noticed, they are, they do have some like of the much older golden age four killer style mm. kicking around there. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, pretty cool. RPGs like this are interesting to me, uh, you know, because I don't have time to play every new game that comes along, although I would love to. 
But mm-hmm. RPGs like this and Blade Runner, and I'll give a shout out to uh, the Judge Dredd in the Worlds of 2000 AD game from, uh, from Ian World or Ian Publishing. The yeah. lore, even if you don't have time to play the game, a lot of times these kinds of RPGs are amazing resources if you're just into the subject matter. Yeah, they're good like, reference books. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're doing an RPG to me that's focused just on Batman and not trying to do the DC universe as a whole. Well, I guess they could probably produce add-ons to right. cover other stuff. But I think Gotham City's big and broad it, enough for you to have an entire game set there. Well, it's it's basically Gotham City Chronicles. If I remember right, there was a tabletop miniatures game for Gotham City Chronicles. It's the same maybe people. This, I yeah, think yeah. maybe this has come out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's the same company. So, I mean, you could do, if you just want to do a superhero noir, gritty, gothic, then you'd want to focus in on Gotham City and mm. not the larger, you know, DC universe. But it looks nice when I'm seeing of it. Yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. Well, some of it's beautiful. And I love yeah. Batman. I'm I'm a big Batman nerd. So Most people, most people love Batman, to be fair. Whether they admit it's not, it or it's not. It's not unusual to love Batman or Tom Jones. Not at all. No. <laughs> Anyway, are you looking forward to this then? Is this a thing that you're interested in? Because I know you're you're big on superhero games, Shane. Uh, I'm definitely tracking it as part of my superhero game tracker. Mm. You know, that, that big chart you have on the wall there. With yeah, the, back to yeah, yeah, the big all digital the... chart with the flashing lights. Yeah, the... I'm actually I'm not tracking a serial killer with all the little connections. That's the superhero <laughs> RPG. Another superhero RPG just popped up on my radar this week that's coming out soon called Biff Bam Pow. So <laughs> it, it, the rabbit hole just keeps going deeper. This yeah. is very interesting to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, but again, it, I don't know if I'd ever have a chance to play the game right now, but I'd love to have it as a Batman resource. But mm-hmm. yes, it's it's interesting as a new superhero RPG. And, you know, who doesn't love more Batman? Mm-hmm. What about you, Peter? Are you, are you drawn to this one like a moth to the flame? Or you uh, repel from it like a fly from a turd. No, flies like turds. That's the wrong uh, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it seems nice enough. I like, I like that it's bilingual in French and English. That's pretty cool. Mm. I just um, want to know if they give you a skill where if you say, I'm Batman, with just the right <laughs> inflection, does that give you like bonuses in the game? Is, is that how it goes? I'm Batman. Yeah, I'm Batman. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I do this with Sharon an awful lot. I said, Sharon, um, yeah, I'm glad you're home because um, we really have to have a chat. Um, I have to talk to you about something. I need you to sit down. Um, this is really important. And I do this so often now that I'm pretty sure that if I ever really did have a serious thing that I had she's to talk to her assume. about, she's just going to assume I'm just going to tell her my Batman. That you're Batman? Oh, yeah. I, I just. Me. Very I, much the boy who cried wolf in this this particular yeah. scenario. Yeah, you're gonna be like, no, this no. is really serious. She's like, yeah, you're Batman. I know. Let me eat my takeout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm looking for. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm like. I think like you, Shane. I'm, I'm gonna get it, even if I don't play it, just because <laughs> I like the idea of having like a coffee table reference book. Yeah, Batman. Yeah. yeah. And I mean the RPG. You know, the game aspect might be amazing too. Mm. Yeah, and I'm a big, big fan of Batman. Yeah, I don't see here yeah. uh, if it shows what game system it's using. So but you know why I'm a big fan of Batman? 
Is that because you are Batman? Because, because you are Batman. Batman. So you get royalties on everything. <laughs> uh, and I did, you know, I think that Peter mentioned something that's worth highlighting again, that they're releasing mm-hmm. it in both English and French. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that's cool. Um, yeah. 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 Well, they're a French publisher, so. Yeah. Well, Makes there's sense. also a, a French Batman in Paris. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know. Yeah, he's La Batman. So I don't know. I'm still waking up. Is he, not, is he not just Un Batman? <laughs> yeah, Un Batman. And instead of batterings, well, he just throws the A Batman. Exactly. As opposed to the Batman. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and instead of batterings, he throws bat themed croissants. It, I'll just stop now. Yes, yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> Let's just move on. Let's move on. Drink some coffee. Good. Good. <laughs> idea we should yes (laughs) shall we discuss instead shall we discuss path of the plane breaker i think we should Hmm. what sort of plane is getting broken um well it is for monty cook games okay and it's a DD fifth edition supplement coming to kickstarter in october nice because it's monty cook games it will do like half a million dollars because they always do do yeah they've got Great it street cred. Probably will, but it might yeah. not. Yeah. So basically, it's got uh, new planes, creatures, races, subclasses, feats, spells, and stuff for D&D 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plane breaker itself is this ever-traveling moon which crashes through different planes in some manner. Oh, so planes Ooh. as in... Planes, planes of existence. Of existence. Okay. Yeah, as in yeah. D&D, planes of existence. As opposed to yeah. big, Not wide, grassy space no. No. or yeah. airplanes. No. 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 That would be strange. Yeah, I, just, I literally had this I this mental image of a of a, of a wide plane with, like, grass blowing. No. Like, no. Like, Not that type yeah. of plane. Yeah. Oh, actually, that would be quite an interesting game, wouldn't it? It's like, yeah, there's a, or a setup and adventure where you've got the, sort of a Bermuda Triangle effect going. Because every time some planes fly over there, the plane breaker strikes. The plane breaker. That would be a great, a great game. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. something. Yeah, pro- you probably have to like go for like I don't know, nineteen forties, nineteen twenties, or something like that. Well, I'll leave you to write that one. Okay, right. Here but but Monty Cook, you know, he's got quite a bit of plane-based yeah credit. Content. Uh, yes, he worked a, a lot on Planescape. Mm-hmm. And released uh, Beyond Countless Doorways for D and D Third Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know he's got he's got a lot of experience, and this. So I think you know he, he's a good choice. I don't know if I think it's not it's not just by him. I think Bruce Cordell and Sean Cain. Yeah, he's got a, a crew yeah. of it's usually him and Bruce and Sean and yeah, Jermaine. Yeah. And I'm trying so to all, all, all of these do. people have worked on sort of TSR stuff from the Planescape era before. Ooh. I mean, Monica Games has developed into, I, I don't know if, it's not always a premium product, but it's high quality and people mm. really trust them. And so, it's often like, a premium product as well. They do do, a, I think probably they've done three or four of those sort of really They have games, like yeah. uh, Invisible Sun yeah, and some other stuff one, yeah, is, yeah. I mean, so they... They've they've definitely I don't know they've earned the trust and respect of a of a large fan base like you said they put something they could probably put a a, a smoked kipper on <laughs> Kickstarter and it would make like five hundred thousand so. dollars yeah they almost yeah. certainly would 
Um, I meant to mention earlier, actually, D and D experience. D and D experience is called D and D celebration. D and D celebration yeah, is going on as we talk. Oh, so it started last night, and it's a sort of four, three to four day live streaming event with celebrities and previews. Oh, uh, is this with the wrestlers and uh, like, so no, the this comedians? Is, no, this one's a different one. Oh, okay, right. Yep. So this one, I've got some of the information here. So we've got, well, one, one, one part of it is there's a D&D musical event. Okay. The first ever D&D musical. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, Anthony <laughs> Rapp in it. Who yeah. is the engineer on Star Trek Discovery? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, a whole bunch of other people. I actually like that character a lot. So. Uh, yeah. 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 We got um, a game with cast members from Star Trek Discovery. So Anthony Rapp, Mary Wiseman, Blue Del Barrio, Ian Alexander, and special guest Will Wheaton playing D and D with Noah Averback Cats at the helm as DM. I can't mm-hmm. actually. I, they're apparently cast members of Star Trek Discovery. I can't place all the names of the characters, but um, yeah, they haven't. It's they're not in the main pop. They'll get there, but they're not mm. instantly recognizable like the other yeah. Star Trek shows. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of things just going on. Different cast members from the guild. There's you know loads of celebrities um, all playing different games. And then right at the end, they're going to be doing this sort of seminar stroke panel type thing, which I think is on Sunday, which will look mm-hmm. at the future of D&D. And That's pretty cool. Yeah. So this cool. will be hosted by people from Wizards of the Coast, Liz Shu, Ray Winninger, Chris Perkins, and Jeremy Crawford. And presumably they'll be talking about the upcoming products. Oh. Um, Do you think that there's a chance? Because it's fifth edition is still going like gangbusters, but do you think there's a chance they'll tease sixth edition at all nah, in this? I don't think no? so, not yet. You don't think so? No. No, they've still got settings to bring out yet, which right. they, yeah. they've teased. I mean, what commercially, the, it would be a terrible idea. Like, they're still going up. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's going yes. up, but there's a life... What is the usual life cycle for an edition? Do we know? Und, it's under... It's on well under 10 years, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they don't. This is broken. This is broken. Yeah, this one's uh, just still going yeah. and going and going. It's because what they didn't do was fall into the ever decreasing, more specific niche splat book trap. Right. Where mm-hmm. after ten years, you're rep- you're releasing the book of elven breads because that's all that's left. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. You have the book of elven multigrain followed yeah. by the book of yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they they barely released any content at all for the first couple of years. And it seems like we've had loads. No, it's like four to five hardcovers a year now. Mm. I can't keep right. up with it anymore. No, I can't. Uh, mm. to, be quite, to be honest, I was keeping up with it mm. for the first several years, getting I think, everything. I think the last one mm. I bought was Avernus, which was mm. like two years ago now. Mm. It's a while back. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming yeah, out. Yeah, there's an Of course, we got the... Did the... Dra- did Fizzman's... When does Fizzman's Dragons drop? That's coming is up. That already oh, drop? next month. That's October. Plane. The yeah. Birth of Book of Dragons. Yeah, yeah. So, I love that they... <laughs> They brought in a character it? from Dragonland. Which light? Which light? What's it called? Which light? Something. Which light? The Fey World. It's the Fey World Circus Adventure. Yeah, yeah, and that one came out this week. Oh yes, it did. Then we got Fizzbands Treasury of Dragons is coming out in October, which is next month. And okay. then we got Strixhaven, which is coming out the month after. 
Oh, that's the totally not Harry Potter one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Magic Gathering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely not in any way whatsoever. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 well, uh, I mean, yeah, it's basically, yeah, Magic School, like. Uh, I have yeah. a feeling that. It's got an owl in it, so I like it. I have a feeling that the, the dragon book is going to sell really well. One, yeah, I would imagine it's so. dragons. Two, um, it's you know, it's it's the first official thing from uh, Wizards of the Coast in a long time that mm-hmm. is even tangentially related to Dragonlance. You stick mm. Fizbin on there. Uh, yeah, that's got barely, a lot of it. So barely. But what I'm saying is it's like. I, that grabbed my interest more than the fact that it was about dragons, that it's going to be Fizbin telling you about yeah. the dragon. Well, so. I've got some information about that book. All right. Because go. Wizards were okay. sending out previews of this book to various people on Twitter mm-hmm. who all seemed extremely grateful to be sent these. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, I saw this book. I can't believe the wizard sent me this book. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. But anyway. Validation. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> Oh, no, well, you know, good on them. But um, so <laughs> I've got like a list of the book, the dragons in the book by challenge rating, starting at the ancient crystal at challenge rating 19, all the way up <laughs> to aspects of um, Tiamat and uh, Bahamut at uh, CR 30. Oh, so they're saying it's an aspect of Tiamat, yeah. not Tiamat, because yeah. it's the avatar of Tiamat. Is that what they're what's, saying? What's interesting here, at 27 and 28, CR 27 and 28, they've got the chromatic yeah. great worm. And the mm-hmm. metallic great worm. And at 26, mm-hmm. the gem great worm. But it looks like it's just three great worms. Like, not one for each different type of dragon, just one mm-hmm. for each overall category. Hmm. I think is what they're saying here. So there's just one chromatic great worm. Oh, well, that's um... Not like a red great worm and a green great worm and a yeah, white, yeah. you no, know. Uh, just, so, it's so just a they're, great they're, they're worm. Saying, so basically saying once they get to... Sufficient wormness. Yeah. <laughs> Sufficient wormitude, I think, is the correct term. What's the wormosity <laughs> has exceeded a certain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, once they become wormitudinous, you know, <laughs> <laughs> then, then essentially all dragons become the same. Mm. So, and they well, lose I wonder all their if distinction and personality. Oh, well, but I, I wonder if they'll thing. say, like, okay, if it's red, it's just a fire weapon. But it's the same stats. Well, right. I mean, you know, yeah, I, mean, maybe, I, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they've got flavors. But doesn't seem like as much. Yeah, there's a type of dragon that has gotten a lot of chatter in the advanced fifth edition forums or Discord and stuff. That has never been a big one for me. But Peter, if mm-hmm. I remember right, it's a pretty big type of dragon. Was it? Is it the gem dragons? Uh, are you? Are you the one that's big on gem dragons? I know that there's been a lot of talk uh, about that. Quite. I, I, I see a lot of people getting excited about gem. Yeah, dragons. And, yeah. and and so wasn't you, Peter? I guess, but it was other no. people. I've never been. I mean, what is the deal with a gem dragon? I've never. It, 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 do they? Is it like you have like chromatic, and then you mm. have like uh, metallic, and then you have mm. gem? I mean, yeah. like mm. so, it's a diamond dragon, yeah. and a sapphire. Yeah. So dragon. what we got? We got amethyst, emerald, mm-hmm. uh, sapphire, topaz. Boots. Right, that's four. So, but yeah, for I think, purposes, I think there's another one. I can't remember what the other one is. Ruby, emerald. Do I say emerald? I emerald. Don't say emerald. I don't yeah. know what the other one is. Amethyst, emerald. Topaz, Sapphire, and I think Ruby would be a good choices. All of that is basically just the chromatic colors in gem form. Well, mm. that's what I'm saying. So is it, is it, for all intents and purposes, it's just like a red versus a black. A red has fire and mm. and likes this type of environment, and a blue mm. has lightning and likes this type of environment. Is it basically the same thing with gem dragons? Yes, so, yeah. 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 Okay, I never, 
really, honestly, I never really, I don't think I ever used a gem dragon yeah, I've in never any used game them. I've ever played. So yeah. I've just seen a lot of chatter but, recently. But, but, so people, like, but people like them, so hey, I'm, I'm looking cool. forward to painting one up because I have a surfeit, a surfeit, I tell you. Oh, you, will, you will, of course, get dragon miniatures made of the appropriate gems, I assume. Well, of course. Like, yes. Yes. Why would you not? Somebody <laughs> will get into that market. You watch. Somebody's going to yeah. release a it's diamond be like Beedlin Grimm's ones, like. real diamonds. Oh, so I've got an alphabetical rubies. list. There's 20 yeah. dragon types in this book, and I've got an alphabetical right. list of all 20. So nice. Shall I really quickly whip through this really, really fast? So we've got... Amethyst, black, blue, brass, bronze, copper, crystal, deep, dragon turtle, emerald, fairy, gold, green, moonstone, red, sapphire, shadow, silver, topaz, and white. Right. Yeah. So they're counting dragon turtles and fairy dragons. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I could open up a can of worms and say, I don't think a dragon turtle's a dragon, but that debate raises. Well, the book is so. dragons and dragon-associated stuff. Ah, like, there's a suspicion, and we um, don't know for sure that they'll, they'll have draconians in there. Which right. would make me happy. Which would I be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, but draconians. draconians are not just lizard folk. There's a difference. And they're not just dragonborn yes. as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, goodness. No, they're completely different. That's what I meant. They're not just yeah. dragonborn. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's that's next month. But I think over the over this weekend, they're going to be mm. sharing a lot more information about all three, well, yeah, all three books. Mm. So, Next week's show, we'll probably have a whole ton of stuff to share about those three books, but Exciting. it's all going on right now as we talk. Even as we speak. Even as we okay. speak, but we're not watching it. We're doing this instead. Hooray! Right. <laughs> this, is, this is more fun. It is. Hmm. Cool. What's next? <laughs> well, you, want, news? you want more news than that. I do want more news. You want more news. All right, let's I find do. some more news. Um, hey. So... Oh, I'll tell you one little bit of news is Apocalypse uh, War for Judge Dredd and the Worlds of 2080 is literally on um, the EN publishing shop at oh. the moment, ready to go live. Exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to go live later today. Basically, as soon as uh, Mark Langworthy presses the button, yes. it's going to go live at some Press point Press the button! Yeah! Yeah, so that'll yeah. be fun. So yeah. that, that will... And then... Yeah, so... You better get the PDF straight away. Yes. And then you can order the print copy and you get a free PDF with the print copy. So you get the PDF straight away and the print copy will arrive whenever it arrives. Goodness. I mean, obviously, the Judge Dread Worlds of 2080 stuff is doing well enough to keep putting product out for. So mm. have you built up a pretty good fan base for that? Is there? Um, I think it's a loyal core. Yeah. The books were beautiful. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think they're gorgeous, yeah. 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 What's, in, what's yeah. good about this one, Apocalypse War, is because up until now, because obviously when you publish a, like like you were saying with the Batman thing earlier, when you publish a an RPG based on a licensed comic book, mm-hmm. you have a lot of art that you can use. Yes. But because mm-hmm. we're doing it chronologically, right. up until now it's all been black and white. Right. And this is the first one with colour art inside. Oh, which is ooh. quite exciting because we've oh, just nice. caught up with when um, oh. 2018 started printing in colour. Ah, exciting. Yeah. So we started using some colour art, which is rather Very lovely. nice. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I think is fascinating about the Judge Dredd stuff is mm. that they're telling it in real time. So if you read 10, year, 10 years ago, he's 10 years younger. Yeah. Right? So they're, I think mm. that's really interesting that they're they're doing this. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So, he's, so he's, he's quite old now. 
Yeah. Uh, so I always wonder what they're going to do with that long term. Are they going to have him die at some point, or are they just going to find out some way to extend his life? Or his uh, his determination mm-hmm. to uh, to Fuck rigid God. justice will keep his bones moving. He will, <laughs> he will never stop uh, letting people gaze into his fist. Mm-hmm. Will he not just be sitting on a rocking chair, uh, threatening kids with the ice cubes, or not getting off his lawn? <laughs> <laughs> With black socks. <laughs> so, um, do, you guys, do you guys remember Rakugan? Rakugan. Rakugan. Is that like a... The setting like for a... Legend of the Five Rings. Ah, mm, uh, yes. Uh, it does it's... not ring bells, sorry. Yeah. Um, never had a chance to play it, but tell, tell me more. Um, so, it's uh, based mainly on feudal Japan, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there may be some other influences as well but i think it's primarily feudal japan um i'm I'm not super familiar with it but um uh it's currently being published by uh legend of the five rings is fantasy flight games Uh and they have announced it's coming to fifth edition adventures in rock again they're calling it and it basically brings legend of the five rings to 5e so if you want to play in feudal japan with all that that entails this is the way you're going to do it, I guess. So was, I know Legends of the Five Rings was both a popular collectible card game and role-playing game. Is it is it just historically accurate medieval Japan, or or are there fantasy elements? Uh, I, well? think uh, there's this, I think yeah, it's very there's, strongly there's, fantasy there's, elements. Yeah, there's magic in it, okay. yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I think there's like a big wall in it or something, Yeah, which... It's surely more Chinese, either for yeah, big wars. I think I might be wrong with this. Wasn't <laughs> it great. used during the third edition era as the official mm. Oriental Adventures setting? Back when they I'm were still sure. publishing books called Oriental Adventures. Mm. And so they used that. I, I don't the, know. I, I, I just I might know be that. Mis- I just know that. Is it L five R as the fans call it? Is uh, has always had a pretty strong following. Yeah. So Rock again, mm. a fictional empire, the main power in the Legends of the Five Rings settings, the basis for the Legends of the Five Rings collectible card game and role playing game and board game and miniatures game. Mm. Um, it's similar to feudal Japan, though it includes aspects of other Asian cultures, and it has a ton of magic and mythical beasts. And yes, it was used by Wizards of the Coast, the basis for their updated Oriental oh. Adventures Dungeons and Dragons supplement in third edition. Well, there we go. There we go. So I was right. I remembered correctly. Mm-hmm. So this one is going to be called Adventures in Rokugan. I, my guess is that'll sell pretty well. Oh, one, it's fifth so, yeah. edition, and two, it's got a built-in you know, fan base. Yeah. So. It's not actually fantasy flight games. It's all their role-playing game stuff moved over to a company called mm-hmm. Edge, which is, they're kind of like a sister company. And they, yeah, they I remember do- there was a, there was a headline that was running around for a while that was misleading that said that fantasy flight games was getting out of role-playing games. Mm. And it wasn't quite true. They were just moving and that, all that stuff to a different division. Yeah. Or company or something. Of, yeah. Yeah. Right. We got some stuff about market share. Yeah. Market share. Yeah. So, um, Roll 20's quarterly report. This is for quarter two, 2021. Mm-hmm. So spring this year. And, um, we've got D and D has about 54%. It's gone up again by a couple of percent. Mm-hmm. And Call of Cthulhu has gone up again. It's now up at 16%. Ooh. Uh, nice. Pathfinder, original Pathfinder is at 3.4%. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Pathfinder this second is, edition is at one point eight percent. This is market share, or this is use on like a virtual table. Use on roll twenty. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. But but it, which is reflective of what people are playing. Mm. So there's you can infer some market share there for sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same. It's, it's usually a fairly similar chart, isn't it? It's usually D and D these days. Call of Cthulhu has been doing really, really well, and then Pathfinder has yeah. usually been in third place. Yeah, is that Pathfinder first and second ed? Uh, separate stats for both. The Pathfinder mm. first has got three point four percent, and yeah. second has one point eight percent. So if we add those together, that's like five percent, six percent. Yeah, and Call of Cthulhu. Uh, Call of Cthulhu sixteen point three. Then that's. That is a pretty convincing, uh, pretty convincing difference, really. Well, there's some nuance to that. One mm. is that Pathfinder, from what I'm told, I've never tried it myself. Pathfinder Second Edition players don't use Roll Twenty much; they use Foundry. I'm told. Yes, yes. So that's where that's kind of why that's so low. And also, Call of Cthulhu mm. is massive in Japan. Yes. It's like the, it's the num- it's the number mm. one RPG in Japan. It, mm. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So that's pushing those stats up, I would imagine. Yeah, it's funny, really. You'd expect to see maybe more slightly Japanese-themed Call of Cthulhu modules and so forth. Yes, don't know. Apparently they like it just as it is. I don't know. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I've got uh, some information here about Gen Con attendance as well from ICB2. It's reported that Gen Con attendance is down 50% this year. but one five or 5-0? But it was limited. It, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's, it's, that headline kind of implies that. Well, yeah. I mean, they was, they was, limited tickets. Yeah. Most people still went. And it's still like yeah. okay. That's yeah. That's definitely a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh. coming back all in early August next year, presumably yeah. at, at full blast. Yeah, my guess is is that I mean the the obvious assumption is that that's related to COVID. There's still a lot of people that don't want to mm. jam pack in a in a room with. Can't blame it. Literally tens of thousands of other people. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, con uh, was quite bad enough. Con COVID yeah. would be a whole different thing. Yeah, I know a couple them. of people that went. Um, mm. I know when I saw pictures. Yes. Now, this is the first data that I've heard about the attendance, but the pictures didn't seem, I was like, that doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of people there to me. Yeah. So, compared to what Gen Con usually is, yeah. compared yeah. to any other con, there were plenty of people there. Well, Gen Con yeah. is usually so crowded. Yeah, like two grand for me. I'd. Yeah, I, I Gen Con and a couple of the other big ones are not mm. on my list of things I want to do. Yeah, mm. they're just too big. Oh, uh, I had a bit of news. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, there is a Kickstarter come out. No, like, oh, not a Kickstarter. I know. I know. No, I do not believe it. I roll to disbelieve. No Kickstarters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you make your will save. Yeah. Peter doesn't actually even exist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, see. It, it's a Kickstarter. The Demiverse. Find yes. It. The Demiverse. Okay. It's okay. a it's a campaign setting, as you can see, for 5th edition and another system called Those Who Wander, which I'm not as familiar with. But I really liked it. Uh, it caught my eye because what it is, is essentially it has the idea that uh, reality shattered and then there's lots of different little miniature planes that you can travel between. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, what they're going for is they've got like four or five existing planes, which have like 
all really different flavors. Like there's one which is all deep mist and woodland. Uh, woodland. There's another one where it's all like religious fervor surrounded by miscapped mountains. And the idea is, as they increase and meet their Kickstarter goals, which they're starting to do, they will have other things like a derelict station for vagabonds and the desperate. And all of these are essentially the same setting. So you can play whichever flavor you like. And you can check you have the same group of players going from place to place just by finding a portal. So you can change the flavor and theme of your campaign on the regular quite easily. And there's not necessarily like a... The idea is that if you want to find out all about the plane, then it's like a very easy set of bullet points to give you the place to leap off. And then, of course, you can add your own flavor. And there's also, uh, yeah, there's no like massive law because it's all happened 200 years ago. So it's really a way to give you pre-existing settings, which lets you do like a plane hopping campaign. Cool. So it's, it's kind of like Spelljammer, but instead of hopping planets, you're hopping planes. Is that, um, would that I, be fair? I, I maybe don't know Spelljammer, but yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, Spelljammer is just yeah. Yeah. D&D I, and... Their it, version it, it got, of space. I, I know it's like you've got yeah. ships going from place to place. Yeah. I don't know how different the planets are. Apparently, planets can be yeah. almost like other dimensions, but this is explicitly other dimensions. So, mm. yeah. Where the laws of physics can change mm. easily and things. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the, I, the, the Demiverse. Yeah. yeah. It, it looked like a, a fairly sweet Kickstarter and um, obviously... I'm aware of it, about it because our Cassandra, the Queen of Dragons, has a uh, is lined up to be one of the stretch goal contributors. She's busy. Oh, nice. She is busy. Yeah. Is what she, is what she, happens to talented people? <laughs> uh, hey, so uh, how would you like to play in a game inspired by the works of Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, Bram Stoker, H.G. Wells, and Conan Doyle? Um, um that sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that sounds a bit like uh, the planetary comic book. That is not a thing. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of like planetary, a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, it's a game called Inferno, mm-hmm. and there's a free kickstart for it. And you oh. play the members of a secretive infernal club, and you're trying to survive in a world of intrigue, dark magic, extraordinary technology, and larger than life villains. And the quick starter's got an adventure in it called The Threat from Above, and there's this aerial menace that's threatening Britain. An aerial menace. Aerial menace, yes. Not, well, not a menace. It's like 5G or something. Yeah, no, not like a menacing yeah. aerial. That's a different <laughs> thing. Oh, right, right. You mean... That actually is angry. Yeah, if it's not in the form of a dirigible, I'll be upset, given that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, given yeah. that uh, theme that, or given the stuff that was thrown out there. So I, I like stuff like this. I like... Um, yeah. There, there's, there are games out there that that kind of touch on what that was, you know, the the names you mentioned. But mm. that sounds like a wider array mm. of uh, of influences than the the others usually focus more in on. You know, uh, like Charles Dickens. I don't think I've ever heard that thrown into the mix yeah. for uh, not, yeah. not who I would yeah, associate that's, with. That's, yeah, that's high a slightly, power yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to think. That kind of stands though. out a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, he's um, got like a slightly. Slightly uh, malnourished looking orphan <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. saying, Can I have some more? There's the next to Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Scrooge. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the dirigible is flinging street urchins. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you yeah. have to avoid street urchins. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, right, now I think we have pretty much finished the news because we're going to talk about the A's in a bit. Now that we have finished the news, you know what time it is. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Shall we play our favourite game in all the world? The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Well, frankly, if we don't, I'll be disappointed in life in general. So. In that case, we're not going to. I'm going to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> wow. Oh. wow. That's hard, man. I would not wish to uh, inflict such a, such a great level of disappointment upon you, Shane. Thank you. So we shall play the game. Thank and you. And your, your you, life Shane. can continue in an undisappointing fashion. Thank you. I, I, I cherish what's about to happen. <laughs> Who would like to go first? I always like to bravely volunteer Peter. Hey, wait a minute. What? <laughs> I don't think you can volunteer with people. <laughs> yes, yes, very well. All right, then. So, Peter, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, hit me. What have you got? Okay. What is the Queers RPG? And Queers mm-hmm. is spelt with a Z and an exclamation mark at the end. Q-U-E-E-R-Z exclamation mark RPG. I imagine it is a very LG. I'm not giving you points for that. That's obvious. You're going to be more specific than that. Well, how about, right? And it's just a crazy idea. You let me finish my sentence. All right, then. Yeah? How about that? All right. (laughs) Okay, so having acknowledged the obvious out of the way, and I think it's all about the sort of superheroes you get. Yeah, I think I think I feel strong for superheroes. Um, hmm. uh, I don't know. Really. There's just so many different different options. Um, they're very clear about the overall aim of what they're trying to do. So maybe there is. I think this is probably like a uh, original system, um, hmm. and there will be. I imagine. A fair bit of room for romance and uh, stuff to support that. Um, let's see. Options to solve problems by talking rather than um, by stabbing everything to death. Uh, that could be fun. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm a bit, bit short on exactly what the content would be for this, but I think there's going to be like a very punch of punk vibe Rebellion, nonconformity, and honking great rainbows on the cover. Hmm. Honking great rainbows. Honking that's great a specific. Rainbows. That's small, a specific small, call. Small and discreet ones. <laughs> Do not count. Uh, well, the, the logo is rainbow colored. I'll give you that. Okay. Uh, so it is pretty much exactly what you just said. It is a superhero game. Nice. Mm-hmm. It is allied superheroes fighting against ignorance. Mm-hmm. which is a literal substance in the game. Hmm. And the goal mm. is to win by turning the villains into allies. Mm. Nice. So there we go. Um, yeah, you got it. Uh, the only thing you got wrong was you said original system. It's powered no. by the City of Mist engine. Hmm. Okay. Is that not basically the same as Powered by the Apocalypse? I don't know. I guess I... That. Yeah, well, okay, I do. It's okay. basically the same thing. It didn't have playbooks, so... I guess you've got 
like you'd, you'd have like tags um, and City of Mists breaks it into Mythos and Logos. Mm. So something like that. But it's, it's all basically 2d6, add some tags, maybe have some penalties. 7 to 9 is success or complication. 10 plus is just straight success. I will believe you. Oh, they got, I, a, got a different name for it, I'm sure. Yes. I searched for City of Mist engine and... Yes. Uh, one of the things that came up is there is a currently a free download for the Queers RPG mm, demo game. Yes. Oh, nice. There's a, a demo game you can get from DriveThruRPG. Good times. Hello, your editor, Daryl here. I have a bit of a tangential connection to this project. The game was demoed officially on the Twitch channel Total Party Kill about two weeks ago, and one of the players in that game is Sabrina, aka Void Cat Gaming. I'm a moderator for Sabrina's Twitch channel, and they are working with me on some other creative projects that are in the planning stages. I've included a link in the show notes to the archive of the stream for those that are interested in finding out how the game plays. Yes, so um, it is uh, it's doing well. It is uh, It had a $20,000 goal. Uh, it is at about $65,000 at the moment with two weeks left to go. Ooh. And I'll give you eight points out of ten there, Peter, because you got the system. Yeah, that was a good call. You, you, you jumped good, right on the superhero the aspect. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, then. Good on you. So, Shane. Yes, sir. Your turn. I could do it. All right. Okay. What is the Blackbirds RPG? The Blackbirds Blackbirds. RPG. Ah, so... My initial thought had something to do with how many can you stuff into a pie, but I'm not going to... that That's actually a magic item in Level Up, it though. Is. I wrote that. Is, there, yes. is a, there is a Blackbird Pie yeah, magic right. item. Um, and it features in the starter adventure, I think, as well. Oh, cool. I think. Yeah, that was one of the magic items that I wrote. Let's see here. Okay. I, I feel like I'm going to be wrong on this, but I'm still going to go with my instinct. You know, there's like DC Comics has the Black Hawks, and then you've got like uh, Baba Black Sheep, which was the uh, this the TV show about the World War II fighter squadron. Uh, I know I'm going to be wrong on this, but I'm going to go with uh, some sort of game involving that that you're flying fighter planes, uh, probably with like a World War II type of setting. Uh, in that, so those are the Blackbirds. It's like Blackbird Squadron. Um, that I know I'm so off base, but I'm going with that anyway. I'm sticking with it. So uh, as far as uh, and it would probably not use fifth edition. I, I don't know how you would adapt fifth edition well to that. Although I'm sure smart people could figure it out. So it's going to have a custom system. Hmm. You are, so tell me how wrong I am. You are one hundred percent wrong. Yes, <laughs> I thought, yes. <laughs> Um, so really, Blackbirds is a, it's powered by the Zweihander RPG. Yeah. Uh, it's a dark and gritty fantasy cosmic horror game. Ooh. Um, so Ooh. a group of mortals have stolen godhood and they're trying to remake the world in their image. And you are, you are tasked to basically save the world, I guess. So Blackbirds is a tabletop RPG set in a fantasy world inspired by Europe during the Hundred Years' War. In Erebos, a cabal of power-hungry oligarchs has stolen godhood. Their horrific act has rent the fabric of reality, allowing corrupt magic to undermine the world's natural order. Ooh. You, 
You can rent the fabric reality. I'm not like what it. Rent. What's the daily rent, rate on that? Rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've torn it. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure what a blackbird specifically is, other than the name of the. I'm scrolling through the Kickstarter page. Uh, being a blackbird. Here we go. People tethered to the frayed threads of destiny. Like the ravens that scattered from the branches above the murdered norns, these blackbirds have no masters, hold no particular allegiances, and in most cases are unaware of their role in the events to come. There you uh, go. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy this game. I'm going to run this game, and I'm going to I'm going to alter it so that there's aerial combat involved uh, with with uh, fantasy type airplanes. Uh, and then I'm going to force it to somehow follow my answer. And then I'm going to come back to you <laughs> and years later. And retrospectively get the points. Yeah, oh, yeah. and get the points. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, had a $25,000 goal. It's done 110000 It's got three weeks to go. It's doing really well. Good. Good for them. That's pretty good. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, you know, Kickstarters for RPGs right now are still just killing it. So I'm really glad to see that that you know, uh, that part of the hobby, the industry, or whatever, mm. is, is still thriving. So we mentioned the one about herbalism a couple of weeks ago. It was just a general guide to herbalism. Yeah, like herbs in a game. Yeah, yeah. and it's done seven hundred and something thousand dollars so far, and still has a few. That blows my mind. I mean, I'm glad, and I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not a cool product. That just blows my mind that there's that much. That's wide-ranging appeal. Mm. That's not a niche appeal. So that's very interesting to me. Mm. Right, Peter, are you ready for your next one? Yeah. What have you got? I have got... Well, I didn't didn't hear how many negative points I got on that. uh, I don't think you got negative. You got zero points, though, Shane. Zero? Okay. All right. Um, But if you do manage to change change the direction of the game... Change the game. (laughs) You can come back and retrospectively claim those points. How many hours of actual play do you need me to record to review for that? I think, I think <laughs> technically you need to have the creator of the game say something as well. Ah, uh, okay. It's got to be right. official in some way, even if it's just right. a cursory nod or a grunt of acknowledgement. If they're on Twitter, I'm sure you can manage it. Yeah, it's fine. yeah I'll, I'll tweet him about it. And, and if he if he responds, that's ridiculous. I want nothing to do with you. Is that a count? <laughs> but if he responds, that sounds amazing. I guess you that's you validated. That's <laughs> how about uh, I guess you do you, bro. <laughs> Will that work? <laughs> anyway, stop talking to me. <laughs> Never contact me again. You are blocked. I have blocked you. <laughs> yes, those points are mine. All right, Peter, are you ready? I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> what is Duster? Duster. Duster. Hmm. Well, obviously, it is the RPG all about making sure that you do your housework properly, you get into all the sofas. You clear off all the mantelpieces. You make sure all those ornaments are spick. And no, I don't think it's that. But it'd be quite cool, I, though. No, no, no. With the wide variety of RPG genres, there's a niche for that these days. Uh, I, absolutely. I think it would be an excellent computer game. A bit so it could be the next unnamed goose game. Sounds actually uh, packed, you, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, whilst that would make an excellent CRPG... Hey, see what I did there. Um, I think in this case, Duster, I'm hoping for, I'm torn. Uh, what I will say is desert. If it's not desert and it's not dust balls, 
I am going to be unhappy because but, for me, but, but not de- but not dessert, not desserts, no, which is something entirely different. Well, uh, I mean, there is always room for a sweet sweet treat in this house, but <laughs> we we digress. So I am hoping for a sort of a game of frontiers and possibly cyberpunk dystopia. I'm hoping for um, cowboy punk. Yeah, Cow- I guess. Cowboy punk. Cowboy cyberpunk sort of thing. Are we Is doing that- this thing where you just append the word punk onto words? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Look. it's working for a lot of people these days, so yes. Uh, that sort of dystopia, frontier-style uh, things, a bit like the Diesel Kickstarter that was mentioned previously, uh, or previous podcast, that is. And, uh, yeah, and maybe the dust, the eponymous duster is possibly a form of transport to get you from place to place. Hmm. That's what I'd like it to be. What is it? This, this, (laughs) ironically, is a punk-appended thing. (laughs) The word that they are using is gas punk. Gas punk? Gas punk. Well, wait, wait, Russ, wait, Russ, Russ, wait a second. Let me and Shane try and work out what on earth gas punk is. Like, I think natural gas. Is it maybe, do you think gasoline? I, I went to gasoline, petrol, whatever. That's where my mind went. Yeah, uh, so how would you so, like yeah, that so, so basically your guess was exactly right, Peter. It's a post-apocalyptic gas punk role-playing game set <laughs> in the New West. <laughs> so oh, they're u- so instead okay. of steampunk, they're using natural gas. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Well, Why gas- not? I, no, I assume gasoline. Oh, um, gasoline, okay. I assume um, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the Mad Max thing, isn't it? It's yeah, water yeah, yeah. and gasoline. And oh, okay, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, mm. yeah. I guess you could call Mad Max gas punk. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you could call Mad Max gas punk. Nobody ever Did has, you, but you no, could. No, no. Thousand points. Okay. I mean, you didn't even get a detail wrong there. You, yeah, it's exactly. That's pretty amazing. Pretty exactly. Yeah. What you said there, Off of what I, was what was the name again? Duster. Did you have to work? Duster. Duster. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, right, that's, guys. I'll, I'll be honest. Like after I got my points, I was thinking Brave Star. Like Brave Star, that'd be cool. Yeah, Brave like, Star is kind of like, a neat like, setting. Like the gritty reboot of Brave Star. <laughs> no, I want a horse that can that can uh, transform into a humanoid. And will the goddamn blunder Brave yeah. Star? Yeah. yeah. So this thing is funded ten thousand dollar goal. It's done nice. fifteen and a half thousand. It has three weeks to go. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! That leaves, I think, one for you, Shane. Yay! Bring it on! Okay. I can't wait. That is a thing I shall do. I shall yeah. bring it Bring on. it on. Bring it on. Everything to play for. Yes. Uh, I have nothing to lose. Okay. What is... And everything to gain. Legends of the Metaverse. So, um, I, my first thought is, what was it uh, that Peter brought up during the news segment? The the diverse? The... Uh, oh, Demiverse. 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 Yeah. Yes. So a metaverse um, is, uh, you know, usually we're well, legend of the metaverse, legends of the. Okay, so at first I was thinking like a multiverse kind of thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. metaverse can also be like a cyberpunk type thing where it's the virtual reality that everybody's living in, almost like. Uh, nobody's nobody's ever used the word metapunk yet. Not yet. Metapunk. Uh, yeah, legends of the metaverse. I'm going to say it's. Um, at first, I was going to go through plane hopping or like Marvel what if kind of thing, like a Legends of the Metaverse for, uh, you know, like a superhero type setting. But I'm going to go with uh, Metaverse. I think Neil Stevenson, uh, he used Metaverse to describe the, the virtual reality that everyone sort of jacks into. 
and, you know, you know, does whatever. And, um, you know, you know, does all their cyber stuff in. So I'm going to say this is sort of a cyberpunk and it's, I'm going to say it's a supplement for an, for an existing game. And it's not a game in and of itself, but it has to do with, uh, the, the, uh, virtual reality, uh, where you create an avatar and run around and all that in a cyberpunk setting. So that is my final answer, which is absolutely wrong, but I'm sticking with it. Do you want to phone a friend? <laughs> hey, Peter, what is... Yeah, I want to call... Uh, let's see who's online. Uh, I want to call Peter. Okay. Oh, hey. Ring, well, ring, ring, ring. <laughs> yes? Oh, hey, Peter. Uh, yes, I, I am on who wants to uh, lose a million dollars, and uh, I, I'm going to use one of my lifelines, so I decided to use huh? phone a friend. And, I you're uh, out of time. You should have asked the question quicker. Oh, what? Peter, what you would you only- call Legends of the Metaverse? <laughs> Say what you think of Metaverse is, and then explain how you make a game out of it. Okay, um. then. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so what this is, is uh, 5e-powered superheroes. Ah, well, uh, there we go. Yeah, so um, it's got uh, some uh, comic book pedigree. In uh, It's got a former Marvel star editor editing it, uh-huh. and some comic book artists. Uh, yeah. D&D 5th edition powered, 350-page core comic book superhero rulebook. I'm looking it up. I have a yet another superhero game to add to my yeah. uh, I mean, list here. Hmm. So, superhero, I'll tell you, the 5th edition, yep. Very hmm. cool. Yep, 5th edition. I'm trying to see who the comic book people that are involved in it. I'm on the Kickstarter page right now. It's got very nice art. Yeah, it's how's it doing? It's Good Brother Studios. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, so it has not yet funded. It has three weeks to go. It's got a thirty thousand dollar goal, <laughs> and it's at just under fourteen. So it's going to be close, oh. right? That one's going to be close. That one. Oh man, it's got art by yeah. I'm seeing some. Uh, it's excellent art. They've definitely tapped some good comic book artists for this. My guess is this one just hasn't got good word of mouth. Because it's fifth edition, it's superheroes. Yeah, um, I would have expected you know, this to be doing. It, it looks good. So yeah, I think I think this is just one of those. I mean, Mike Allred. You know, that might yeah. not mean. A lot I mean, I don't know who people. comic book artists are at all. Yeah, I mean, but. there's. Uh, I've had Jay Lee. Uh, I mean, there's some some really good. Yeah, comic there's loads, artists there's loads on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm guessing this is just one of those rare kickstarters that should be funding a lot higher than it is. Uh, but it just for some reason the word of mouth hasn't gotten mm. out there because it. I mean the the Kickstarter page is very well done. Mm. Um, so okay, um, well they've released the complete text uh, for free. Uh, I, I notice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's only text. There's no novel artwork and presumably flavor text in there. Uh, yeah, and they've got a rose gallery, which I assume is sort of the monster manual, as it were. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this will fund. Uh, like I said, it's got some nice people mixed in with it. Uh, it looks the presentation looks really good. Yeah, uh, it's it's fifth edition, so we already know that the rules probably work. <laughs> so um, after a fashion, certainly. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, well, the excellent news is this is completely compatible with advanced fifth edition, and 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 not sixth edition. I don't. know Oh, about advanced sixth fifth edition. edition. Yeah, because advanced fifth edition, edition is fully. Yeah, backwards yeah. compatible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So this, so, it, there you I, go. I, I could definitely see myself. I keep on looking at games out there and saying, "Oh, I could turn that in Advance Five How exciting! Mm. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, right. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. I hope this does something. And that 
is the Ooh. end of our favourite game in all the world where Shane scored an incredible zero points. But not negative. And Peter nice. scored a thousand and something? A thousand eight, and eight? A thousand and eight. Thousand eight. Thousand eight. Eight. Well done, Peter. Oh, well I'm, done. I'm glad for you. Oh, a win you. for you is a win for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how it works, Shane. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, you know, it, it makes... I, I'm so happy for you that uh, you won that it makes my life better. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Peter, you get to take home the smug sense of self-satisfaction this week. The uh, metaphorical trophy. Definitely. Lucky, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nothing like a nice pint at the Perturbed Dragon Tavern, is there, lads? Aye, it's good to sit back and reminisce about the good old days. Yup. Oh, those were the days. Action, adventure, daring do. I remember a time I took on two goblin bandits, single-handed. Just me and my trusty sword there. I sure showed those blighters. <laughs> yeah, the roads were dangerous back then. I recall being waylaid by a marauding band of orc soldiers. I gave them a good what for, I can tell you. Orcs are one thing, but I personally drove off the bear owl of little Bodlington. My drinks were free for a week. A bear owl is a dangerous beastie, but you should have seen me against the manticore twins of the Felmarsh. I led those monsters on a merry dance. They still sing of it in those parts. Aye, aye, to be admired, I'm sure. But did I ever tell you about the time I defeated a cave troll in single combat? A cave troll, you say? That's mighty impressive. Reminds me of the time I fought off a trio of hill giants with nothing but my bare hands. Hill giants, eh? You had it easy. I once fought Medusa, Queen of the Gorgons, and her seven sisters armed with nothing but a toothpick and a sewing thimble. They cursed my name that day, I can tell you. But not compared to the archlich Azazazazazazaloth, whose evil machinations I overcame, ending his dire plans to rule the 16 provinces. Ah, yes, Azazazazazaloth. Of the Green March Azazazazazaloths. I remember him. But did you have to take on his three acid-breathing black dragons while blindfolded and missing one arm? Missing one arm? Yeah, I got better. Well, black dragons be as they may, but I remember well defending the village of Scunforth from a plague of purple worms. Seventy feet long they were, with teeth as sharp as razors. Ah, purple schmurple. I had to sail out on the high seas and fight the mighty Kraken itself from a rowboat. Ah. The Kraken is a mere beast. I once beat the wizard f- at chess and an arm wrestle. He who must not be named got well and truly named that day. Ah, you think that's impressive? I met Tiamat, queen of chromatic dragons, in a tavern once and was forced to battle her with nothing but a beer mug. And I didn't spill a drop. That's nothing. I trekked into the very depths of Mordor and defeated Sauron himself in a duel to the death. And he had his ring. Sauron, I take on three Dark Lords every day before breakfast. I once hunted down the legendary Tarasque, destroyer of worlds, and tamed it with the flat of my sword. Huh, if only a Tarasque was all I had to face. I stood off against Asmodeus and his infernal legions in the very depths of hell. I made him repent of his wicked ways. He now runs a charity shop in Beaver's Bottle. Asmodeus? Is that all? Did I ever tell you about the time I entered into mortal combat with Thanos and his lesser-known twin brothers, Thanos and Thanos? And they all had Infinity Gauntlets. Ah, good times, good times. 
traps. Yeah, say, traps. What is it, Victor? How do you feel about one last adventure? The final hurrah, eh? Exactly. There's a, there's a poster up there. A reward to those who will end the nightly raids of the lesser squirrel of Botherington. You know, I, I would, but I, I've got a bit of a headache. Yeah, I'm sorry, mate. I'm washing my hair tonight. Uh, I suppose it is curry night. Priorities and all that. Some other time, eh? Some other time. Uh, but we're not scared, are we, chaps? Oh, no. Not scared. Not scared at all. Say, did I tell you fellas about the time I fought the great Minotaur of Zerasmus with a spoon? You had a spoon? You lucky thing. When I defeated the shambling mound of indeterminate doom, all I had was a wet towel and a pair of flip-flops. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool? Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Right, shall we talk about the 2021 Eddie Award winners? Let's do that. Um, Celebrating excellence in tabletop role-playing games since 2001. It always impresses me, Russ, that anytime you bring up the innies, you're always blasé about it, even though you literally started what is basically the Oscars of tabletop role-playing games. So you never never toot your horn, so I I give you credit for that. But... uh, I want to make sure people know that if they don't already that well, you create you created the enemy yes. in, the enemies the enemies back in the day right yeah, yeah. all those years ago yeah and they passed it on to a committee a couple of years ago yeah yeah how many years has it been since twenty eighteen no longer twenty eighteen it's about three now yeah. yeah yeah so anyway they were announced the winners were announced um, last weekend at Gen Con mm. yeah uh, product of the year. Was mm-hmm. Alice is Missing by Renegade Game Studios, which I think we mentioned on the show probably like last year or something. And it was, or early mm. this year, it was one that you played by text message. It was like a silent text message game. Right. Kind yeah, of this, high it's a yeah. silent, yeah. yeah. Mm. So my question on this, it looks cool. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's Alice is Missing, mm. a silent role-playing game. Mm-hmm. They say you could you could play it in two to three hours. You play it by text message. Uh, it doesn't need a GM per se, but you need somebody to explain the rules and all that. I, I'm curious, and I'm not saying it's not mm. a role playing game. I'm just I'm curious what the role playing elements are, because um, mm. uh, it says it's a silent role playing game mm. about the disappearance of Alice. So I wonder if there's a lot of mechanics that are role playing, or if it's just the fact that you're playing a role. What you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm not 
It I want to be careful. I'm not trying to imply it's not yeah. a role playing game. I'm just curious what the mechanics. Yeah, I, don't, are. I, I don't know how it works, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks kind of like a puzzle, um, but yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. it's like. So, is there a pre-existing solution, or is it one that you create between yourselves? I, I don't There's know. Enough, I don't know enough yeah. about it to answer that question. I yeah. don't know. It's yeah. that, it's certainly very different. Yeah. 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 I, like, I, first... I, I like that the product of the year is like some kind of high concept thing like this as well. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, mm. Interesting boundary pushing stuff. Mm. It says you spend the first 45 minutes uh, creating your character, your relationships to Alice and your ties with each other. And then the next 90 mm. minutes you text message to try to find out what happened to Alice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned just to kind of add on to what you were saying, Russ, about, you know, the gold best game product of the year or best game of the year, uh, not product of the year is sort of high concept. Uh, you know, we talked earlier during the news segment that basically, you know, D&D, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu are the big games out mm. there. And and this list does not reflect that. You know, so the Innies is very much highlighting games that aren't just the biggest thing. It goes through right? phases. So, it does go through phases, though, yeah. because there have been phases where Paizo was just winning and winning and winning. We're and there's been phases where uh, D&D was just winning and winning and winning. Uh, like, mm-hmm. Green Running had a phase where they just could do no wrong, and they were just, like, winning mm-hmm. every year. And um, So, yeah, it goes through phases, and I guess, like, the industry changes and people's tastes change. And, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, there, there's, there's a pretty widespread of types of games in here mm-hmm. and publishers, so that was one thing that struck me going through the list. Yeah. So that was the best game. The silver, the second, the second best game, I guess, is uh, from Rowan Wook and Deckard. It was the heart, the city beneath. Ooh. So we had those guys on the show probably a couple of years ago now, isn't it? Yeah. We yeah. Were I was going to ask about Strata. Yeah. It's very oh, early. Yeah. 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 And this is yeah, like because it says the, in here that it's yeah. from the designers of Spire, and I yeah. thought I remembered y'all talking with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We have got. Also, so there's a, a a couple that come up quite a lot. So there's uh, Brancolonia, the spaghetti fantasy setting books, won quite a few awards throughout. It's the mm-hmm. silver product of the year under Alice is Missing, um, mm-hmm. but it's, you know it pops up in various different things. And Free League seems to have done really, really well as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of individual wins, but then they also won fan favorite publisher yeah, was yeah. Free League mm-hmm. Publishing, which I think probably they are. I think that's a really, really good call there because I think if if, some, if you said to me, "What do you think's like the sort of like darling of the day?" Mm-hmm. Not, not not necessarily the biggest selling, but they do sell very well. But uh, what mm-hmm. is it? I would probably say it is Free League mm-hmm. at the moment. I would, I think. You know, with they Alien some, and, and now Blade well, Runner a, coming up. Blade Runner, Tales, the, the one Tales being... Loot. Tales yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're so well, good. They scored a big win with Alien. Mm. I've heard nothing but mm. good things about yeah, Alien. And, and the stress mechanic mm. is, is evidently supposed to be really mm. good. Yeah, so they've, so they've done well. Um, so let's have a look. What else have we got on there? So you said uh, Call of Cthulhu wasn't really represented. Um, mm. There's quite a few on there from the um, third-party Call of Cthulhu market. So while you're not seeing okay, that's the, that's true. While you're not seeing the words Call of Cthulhu, I think that Johnstown right. Pendium stuff and there's the Miskatonic yeah. University stuff and all, 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 all that stuff's third-party uh, yeah, Chaosium right. type stuff. And we're seeing some pretty. We're seeing some other people that've been on the podcast as well, like uh, Emmy Allen, mm-hmm. Stygian Library. 
We've even done an actual play that, of that. Now, when I was reading that, did hmm. she not take you through an actual play of that? Wasn't that like two years ago, though? Yeah. I guess it must have been more recently than I thought. Well, what this is, this is uh, an updated... Yeah, but that was like two... So, when, when was that, Peter? That, oh, crikey. That was probably... Feels like two mm. years ago to me. It, uh, <laughs> well, it was probably that means it was three years ago, because last year yeah. didn't really that, count. <laughs> that's the procedurally generated. Yeah, but great, great but, but, it, but it can't thing. be that because otherwise it wouldn't have been eligible for this year's any. So it well, must be something well, different. So we, it, it's it's a it's a new edition, right? It's a remaster. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's um, a remaster. The original edition used all uh, public domain art and some yes. other things, and this is a new right. remastered gotcha. version. Yes, gotcha. yeah. Like gotcha. um, David N. Wilkie uh, has a. Silver with her for layout and design, mm. um, for basically taking it because it was originally a PDF, uh, pretty basic, but you could still use it quite happily. But they made it into like much more, they basically turned it into a book. Mm. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. and that is, yeah, and that's allowed it, uh, to be eligible, apparently. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, just looking at the best podcast section as well. There, mm-hmm. so yep. the gold winner was Asians Represent. Oh, nice. And a silver, I'm not familiar with this one, uh, the Letters page, the Sentinel Comics podcast. Yeah, huh. that one caught my eye because this uh, – I think we talked about this a little bit a few weeks back when we were talking about superhero RPGs. Ooh. But Sentinel Comics started as Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is yes. a card game. Mm. Yes. But it has this wonderfully invented fake comic book company that yes. they pull quotes from it. Like, so-and-so yeah. from issue number whatever. Yeah, yeah. And now they've expanded into a role-playing game. Mm. Uh, and if you look at the nominations for the Innies, the Sentinel mm. Comics mm. role-playing game was nominated for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that kind of caught my eye because I feel like the Sentinel Comics game-verse, if you will, mm. is getting bigger and bigger and, you know, getting, getting more exposure. Yeah. yeah. Now, Asians Represent was interesting because... They talk about the fine line between appreciation and appropriation, mm-hmm. right? Like, is you know, is the uh, you know the representation for Asians and Asian culture and games, uh, you know, and the, and it seems like one of the things that, like is this is this just appreciation or is this appropriation? So mm-hmm. now I I haven't heard the podcast itself, but evidently mm-hmm. it must be doing pretty good mm-hmm. to you know get this many votes. Yeah. yeah. So. Is there anything else on there that sort of jumps out at you that you're noticing? Oh, um, yeah. Um, I'll let Peter go first because I actually have uh, a couple of things I've noticed. Uh, well, you've got the Spy Game from Black Cats Gaming, which is the conversion uh, of the 5th edition rule set to allow you yeah. to play Monday Spies. Ooh, what, did, what did that one win? Uh, I, didn't, I got a nomination for Best Rules. I don't know. Oh, it's, it, not, it's it, not on this win. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I've got the nominations and the winners. Uh, yeah. I'm just noticing the people. Uh, if you want me to confine myself to winners, uh, I'm quite pleased for Warhammer 40k, Wrath mm-hmm. and Glory, The Graveyard Chest, which got the best free game slash product, mm. um, which was from Cubicle 7, because obviously that particular roleplay system has changed hands and it's been in doubt. Tell you what I'm pleased to see on there is yeah. Ancestry and Culture, an alternative to Racing 5e. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Arcanist Press. Um, so yeah. they did very similar to what we did in um, Level Up. And what's interesting mm-hmm. is, I think, is Eugene Marshall, is that his name? Uh, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Very early on in the Level Up process, he was, and he was involved 
in it and was part of the impetus for why we structured heritage and culture the way we did. Um, okay. But then due to other work commitments, you had to drop out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this type of approach to character building in RPGs is, you know, getting talked about a lot more. I mean, mm. Advanced 5th Edition obviously incorporates it. There's a lot of noises from World Wizards of the Coast that they're going towards mm. it. Um, so, in fact, have they not re- released a product or going to release a product that has those type of? They haven't quite got. They haven't quite done it this way. So they they're basically okay. making. I mean, I'm not sure what term they're using. Sometimes they use it race. Sometimes they say lineage. Sometimes right. so they, they right. seem to be mm. mixing and matching terms. But they're using mm. a more freeform system. But they're not doing it quite like this, like the way splitting the biological right. and cultural thing into two separate. Blocks. Yeah, they. It's making it more of a modular. So yeah. instead of saying you're an elf, so since you're an elf, then your race is like this, your culture is like this, your heritage is like this, you don't like this X other race or whatever. It's modular. Mm-hmm. Say I'm an elf, and then I'm going to choose this heritage, and, and, and you kind yeah. of like have blocks you put together. Well, there's a difference between inherited and learned behavior, isn't it? Inherited yeah. traits <laughs> and learned yeah. behavior is the... Yeah. Yeah, nature, nature, having a culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I like about this approach is that if you want to have a traditional, like snobby, then you you just make one. Yeah, you can. Yeah, Yeah. but if you want an elf that was raised by hobbits, you know, that's you know, or what you can. So it's 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 a small fan, not either. Yeah, Uh, Legolas that wants a second breakfast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Legolas does need a sandwich. <laughs> a fat one, a fat <laughs> smoking a pipe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was living his best mm. life. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. So I was really pleased yeah. to see that that get a couple of awards there. Um, what else? I saw something else. Oh yeah, I noticed that fandom pulled in a couple as well. Um, one from um, Tales of Zadia, the Dragon Prince game, and there was another one. It was, it was the Cortex Core Rulebook got a silver for something, I believe. Oh yeah, uh, for best, uh, best rules. The Cortex Prime Game Handbook. Yeah, I, you know, I had to go look that up because I was confusing that in my head with, um, I think it's Genesis, the underlying mm. yeah. Star Wars yeah. Fantasy Flight. Yeah. But yeah, Cortex has been around for a while and gone through yeah. a lot of iterations. Mm. Yeah, um, this is the latest one. Yeah. You know. The one that they used for Smallville. Yeah, the one that well, Fandom. But it's well, Fandom. Version, that's so, right. so Fandom is um, the company that's doing a lot of those licensed things that we've been talking about recently. Mm. Those cartoony licensed things that we've been Oh, about. like the G.I. Joe, so, Transformers. So, so, right. No, so Renegade is doing the Hasbro ones. Oh, okay. Fandom, right. I think, has He-Man, I think, okay. and has some Hemmer? other stuff. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, okay. so Renegade Game Studios and Fandom between them. I've got a lawful lot of eighties cartoon licenses. Now, is is Cortex is it is it not one of the systems that's genre agnostic? You can put whatever you want on yeah. top of it. Is yeah. that okay? All right, all right. Yeah, uh, the power's okay. got a few different things. Um, yeah. Uh, so Rowan, Rook, and Deckard just sw- swept up loads. Um, just look at yes. They've got um, they've got a gold for best setting. They've got gold for best writing. They've got a gold for best layout and design. They've got a silver for best monsters and adversaries. Um, they've got a silver for best interior art, silver for Ooh. best cover art. Um, yeah, so yeah, loads of them. They've, uh, they've kind of like swept, swept across the board there. Mm-hmm. I think have they've done the best out of everyone, actually. I think maybe they have. Free League's got a few, maybe Free League. Mm-hmm. It's between them and Free League, I think. Yeah, but yeah, so, uh, certainly a strong. What we're not seeing is not seeing anything from. 
the Wizards of the Coast, we're not seeing anything right. from Paizo. Well, so. no, yeah, basically, if you're in Seattle, you didn't enter. Yeah, no yeah. fantasy flight. No, no, one in, no one in Seattle yeah, that's what I'm saying that for some reason. This was yeah. one of the years where the big the big guys, or the big people, I should say, didn't. Uh, and, and, and as Russ pointed out, sometimes they do. I mean, I, I remember mm-hmm. Innies where Wizards of the Coast product placed two or three things. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's year by year, depending well, on the I'm, product. I'm considering um, it next year. Because it had been three or four years since I was involved. So there's enough yeah. distance there, I think, where it wouldn't look weird if I got it yeah, to, oh, to yeah. enter one of your things. Well, I was thinking yeah, yeah. the awfully cheerful engine might be a fun thing to enter. Yeah. yeah. Or level up, maybe. Yeah. I would um, enter yeah. either. I mean, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't run it anymore. So I had a question here. This kind of confused me. So they have a best organized play category. Mm-hmm. To me, that means like, Adventurers League mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever Paizo does or whatever, yeah. but the products that won, they don't seem to be part of a organized I, play system. Uh, they just seem to be a, this is all put together so that you can easily play in one evening. So uh, do I like, what is, what is, what is the criteria for the best organized uh, play? Do we know? That, I mean, that was brought in after I left, so I couldn't really okay. say. I mean, but- I'm not, I'm not against, having a category for low prep adventures. Mm. Like, you know, there's like, Hey, it's easy. You can play it in one night. Mm. It's got pre-generated characters, got everything you need. Just open up and go. Both of the winners are um, Chaosium related, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, You had Johnstown compendium for gold, a rough guide to glamour, and then hand of glory for Miskatonic Mm. repository. But best I could tell, they weren't associated with like a publisher's, organized play system. You know what huh. I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's so. interesting. The Rift Guide Glamour originally came out in 1998. They've cut out a third of the book and re-released it. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think my takeaway from both of these was that it was low prep. So I think that the mm. category to me seems more like best complete low prep adventure. Uh, okay. Well, I, spe- I mean, to be fair, Shane, that is yeah. the essence of organized play. You oh, organized sorry, play, guys, right. I, I yeah. have to interrupt. I've just seen the most amazing thing in the world. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Hudson following the rules. Oh, man. Let me put this into the chat for you. Oh, no. This better be good. Oh. War Duke action figure. <laughs> yes. Oh, then there's something wrong with All his one-legged trouser glory. <laughs> I am so ready for oh, this. Wow. I showed you. I, I I told you guys that I ordered the uh, Funko Pop. This is seven inches. So that's quite sizable. Yeah. Oh, well, there's now a War Duke Wednesday. I saw on right. uh, on Twitter there was artwork that went out of War Duke, and it, the hashtag was War Duke Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I I unironically would absolutely buy this uh, figure yeah. of War Duke. <laughs> well, I, I think it's like quite good. It's quite an inspirational character in many ways. He's clearly all about the grind. I mean, yes, yeah. he didn't have the capital for it, but he's buying his armor in installments. <laughs> like he's got the arm, he's got the leg, he's got the helmet. Give him enough time, he'll get the other arm, the other leg. I'm a chess player. It's just, it's this is, this is a man who is confident in himself and is willing to make yes. brave and bold fashion choices. The one-legged yeah, trouser he, is a, a marvel of fashion engineering. He, he's yeah. he's the very definition of a fashion forward <laughs> evil warrior. And um, so here's the thing. Well, here's why I love War Duke. It really, for me, it's nostalgia, right? From back in the '80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's. It reminds me of that time, like in the 70s and the 80s, 
it didn't have to make sense as long as it looked cool. It just didn't, you know, whatever. Let's yeah, let's just throw this guy out there with this winged helmet, and he's part of our action figure series. And then he made it into the D and D cartoon. So, <laughs> pardon me. If I saw War Duke for the first time today, I doubt I would have the warm glow <laughs> for War Duke. But he's definitely yeah. in my nostalgias. So. Yeah, and I would buy this. Uh, I must say, it's actually a really lovely raw blue date in this helmet. It is quite nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do, nice I do highlights. Like yeah. yeah, War Duke, and then his his uh, opposite number is Strongheart the Paladin. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, that's not Strongheart though. Who's that? He's standing no. next to in no, that picture. I don't know who that is. That's a guy. I've got actually. I don't know who that is either. We're, we're on you, Shane. To this Grimsword. I'm told. Grimsword. Grimsword. Right. Okay. Who? In- My current collecting craze. You are asking me for more information than I than I than I possess, Peter. I don't well, know. Well, in a shock, in a shocking display of like you know, conservatism, he's just wearing a complete set of armor. Although he has gone for a nice like wrap around snake effect. Uh, he does have the nice snake effect, yeah. But just to show my current uh, collecting thing is the old D and D figure. Oh right, right. Mingle. Wow, so, uh, I don't know. Is I don't that have seventy five dollars on it. I didn't pay seventy five dollars, <laughs> but that was uh, the asking price. Okay. Uh, Mercy on yeah. Okay. The the good yeah. These this is very highly collectible right now. Um, Zarek, the evil half elf, half elf. But do you have do you have Warduke though? I don't. That is that's. But I have uh, for for listeners Strongheart. at home. Shane is showing up to the camera a series of advanced Dungeons and Dragons um, figurines in their original clamshell packaging. Mm. Yeah, uh, action, figures. action figures. Yes. Yeah, Warduke is hard to get. Um, Strongheart War Duke, and this guy is pretty iconic. You've probably seen that guy before. Calic, oh, yeah. Calic the Evil. But anyway, yeah, that's my current collecting craze right now is uh, right. the D&D action figures from the 80s. But okay. I would love to have War Duke. He's hard to get. Absolutely. Well, now you can get him. Yeah. Yeah. I can get a, I can get, that's like a Todd McFarlane level detail War Duke. That looks yeah, really I don't know how much it is. Let's have a look. Seven inches. Okay. It's uh, the ultimate war Duke figure. Thirty that's only thirty six dollars. That's cheaper cheaper than those figures you had there. Yeah, my wife's like looking at the bill like, what do we spend thirty six dollars on? I I can't remember <laughs> money, but I, I don't know. I'm sure it was important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll buy that. I love I I don't know, I'm an unabashed War Duke fan. Like I said, I'm waiting I mm-hmm. pre ordered the War Duke Funko through GameStop. Nothing like a war duke. Anyway, right. Mm. What, what do we want to talk about now? Should we quickly cover some level up tools? Uh, well, there was a couple of other. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, any oh, things right, right. that I wanted to point yeah. out? Yeah. One thing that that I thought was interesting that um, the best adventure and the best cartography were the exact same. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm. Oh, uh, yes, the old school essentials adventure. Yeah, yeah, the old yeah. school adventures, Halls of the Blood King yeah. and Alien RPG Destroy of the Worlds. And yeah. then where's the best adventure? Yeah, best adventure. Yeah, exact same gold and silver yeah. for best adventure and best cartography. Yeah. It was also interesting to to me that a couple of what you what people would term OSR made it in. One yeah. is the old school essentials with the Halls of the Blood mm. King. Yeah. Um and then also uh the Morkborg, mm. uh, I mean, it just when you go to the free league page about Morkborg, it describes itself as an OSR style uh, product. Mm. 
and and Morkborg placed a couple times. One for the best supplement, it got a gold. And then also, did you go check out this uh, the best uh, electronic access non digital or the best digital accessory, the uh, DNG engine? No, no. Yeah, if you click on it, it just it just gives you uh, randomly every time you go to it's it's I think it's shorthand for the dungeon engine, but it's DNG. Mm. N G E N, um, mm-hmm. and it every time you refresh it, it gives you quick little notes on a on a dungeon. Cool. Quick little random notes for uh, for food for thought mm. to kind of get your creative elements going for a dungeon. Uh, the other thing that won for best accessory digital um, or best online content, my bad. Uh, best on was this thing called Describe, which is finely crafted boxes. And it gives you box text for all kinds of things, you know, creatures, play, NPCs, dungeon rooms, mm. whatever. Uh, the thing with that one is, though, that a lot of it is behind a paywall. So I wasn't able to really check it out. But what I did see looked pretty good. So I'm trying to see if anything else jumped out at me um, out of all of this. Oh, the game. One last thing, non-digital, the Game Master's Fantasy Toolkit. I think is this the product that I'm thinking of? No, that, yeah, well, I, I thought you might like that one, mm. Russ, because it's full of all kinds of random tables. And I know that you're a big random table mm. guy. So it's nothing but random tables when you need something quick. So anyway, all right, that's it. That's me done on the eddies. Interesting stuff all around. Right. <laughs> Level up. Yes. Level up. Which is now just over a week away. Ah! How close is that? We are so rushing because you know I want to have these, I always want to have these things done before the Kickstarter launches. And like we're now yeah. counting down in days, and like the mon- yeah. so the monstrous menagerie is done. Ray. I mean, it's, it needs a proofreading pass with a few like typos and stuff, but it's basically yeah. done. The core rule book <laughs> is done, apart from two chapters, mm-hmm. so pretty much done. Uh, the mythological figures and maleficent monsters is done. The level up yep. version of that is done. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. of course, it's been rebranded. Excellent. Well, yeah, it's a 5e product. It doesn't need that much revamping, no. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Like throwing the expertise dice here and there, the golden. Yeah, a few yeah. changes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, you know, everything's up. Like the starter adventure is huh. 90% finished through that. Uh. It's kind of a, we've got, we've got a first draft and we're doing proofing on it now. Ooh. Is that is that going to be called the Advanced Keep on the Advanced Borderlands? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the called Advanced Village of Advanced Hoblet. <laughs> <laughs> the tel- the Temple of Advanced Elemental Evil. Uh, the, uh, the Advanced Temple of Advanced Elemental yeah. Advanced Evil. Nice. Yes. I'm liking how this is going. Hey, sorry, Russ. <laughs> so it's called Memories of Holdenshire. Memories of that Holdenshire. Was, yes. Okay. And basically it handholds you through some of the new rules. Yeah. So the way we, we the way we decided to do it was we're going to assume that people know how to play five E for it, okay. and they are getting this adventure in order to check out Level Up. Okay. So that's the assumption we've made. So what we've done yeah. is it goes right. We assume you know how to play five E. This is a five E yeah. adventure. If anything's different, we'll tell mm-hmm. you when you get to it in the adventure, and then it yeah. kind of guides you with sidebars in line as you go. So it's like, okay, so this is what's called an exploration challenge. So you're going to do yeah. this, 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 and this. Or it'll yeah. go, ah, right, so you've just, uh, you're going to be making your first skill checks now. Okay, these work slightly different to how you're used to. It works like this, yeah. you know, and it, yeah. so it gently just talks you through 
some of hmm. the changes. I mean, nice, yeah. which I think is yeah. I think that's that's a very good yeah. idea. So that's going to be the lowest yeah. tier on the Kickstarter. If you want to just dip yeah. your toes in, you don't want to get the big hardcover books. You just mm-hmm. want to spend like ten dollars on a PDF of the starter adventure. Mm-hmm. Have a look and you know and check it out. That's the lowest tier on the Kickstarter. You can just get the starter oh, yeah. adventure. But if you get a higher tier, then we'll throw in the starter adventure for free. Yeah. Okay. But of course, what I guess um, this is the reason why Shane's stuff is so amazing is because of the A5e tools mm. all online. Mm. Mm. So that's yeah. least, look at that segue. So this is all going to be stretch goals. Yes. Um, so hopefully we'll raise enough money to be able to do all these things. But yeah, the idea is we want you know you know how we always do with stretch goals. I don't usually do stretch goals on a Kickstarter. No. And if I do, they're not things that affect the deliver- deliverability of the core product. So it's not mm-hmm. going to be extra content in the book because no. because then I can't send out the book until I've done that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so well, you, you wouldn't be able to send out the PDF because the PDF wouldn't be finished. Yeah. So and, and I and I don't know about you, Shane, but I've heard that if Russ doesn't send out the PDFs within five seconds, the world ends. Or the Kickstarter finishing. Yeah, something's. Yeah. Well, yeah, something's he just wrong. breaks out in hives. And there was no Kickstarter itself implodes. It's just. It's, it's, what is your record? I know you get them out. Like you break, you break your I record. Can't, well, I can't claim it that accurately. Under a second. Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, yes. you sit. I sit there with my finger on the button. The, yeah. the thing's already written. I'm just ready yeah. to hit send, and I watch it count mm-hmm. down: ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. And as soon as it hits zero, I go click. It's done. Yeah. Send it out. So it's, there we go. That is um, quality millisecond level fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. Right. So anyway, these particular stretch goals are a suite uh-huh. of electronic uh-huh. tools, uh-huh. robust electronic tools designed to support level up. Uh-huh. And Shane has been making these tools for about a year now, I yes. think. Yes. I've been quite toiling in the, uh, in the, the data mm. mines. Uh, been down there toiling away in the data mines. Yeah, we've got... Uh, uh, you know, the, the, it runs the the gamut, if you will, from mm-hmm. uh, basic reference, mm-hmm. um, a searchable reference mm-hmm. of game rules, um, categories uh, such as combat maneuvers, spells, magic mm-hmm. items, monsters. Um, you know, and then also, like I said, there's a whole game rule section. We're not; it's it's not technically uh, called an SRD, but it's, I guess. Is it fair to say, Russ, that it would be kind of the content that you would find in an SRD reference, or is it richer it's than richer that? It's richer than that. So, How yeah, would you richer, so, richer so, so, yeah, that? you can't yeah. you can't use it legally as an SRD. Right. That's what I'm saying. You can use it as a player or a, or a GM while you're running the game. The SRD mm-hmm. will be a separate yeah. document, which is yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not a legal it's not a legal uh, agreement that lets you create a game with the rules. Yeah. Uh, but it's that. I mean, there's a there's a rich rules reference. Like I said, there's a searchable they're searchable indexes yeah. of uh, the combat maneuvers, spells, magic items, and yeah. monsters. Mm. So we've been working on that for quite a while now, both the content, how mm. you access and find mm. the content, uh, and then also what the site looks like, you know, what the tool, it's not just a site, mm. you know, it's a tool, yeah. a, set of, a set of tools uh, to make it look appealing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know, I guess we can edit or not. I don't know how deep Russ wants to get into this. Mm. But the hope is mm-hmm. to build uh, a character builder mm-hmm. so that you can. Well, you yeah, can create, I mean that's going to be a, a big yeah. stretch goal because that is it's yeah. not a thing we started. Mm. It's a thing that right. costs a lot of money and will take a lot of time. Yeah. It's not. It's, yeah. it's going to be as big a project as making one of the books was. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, so, it's to do it right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many options and so much math. We want it to be a smooth experience yeah. for the user. They need to be able to save their stuff and, yeah. you know, have their accounts and mm. all that. So, but yeah, we would love to uh, do a character builder mm. so that you can build and save characters, you know, using this yeah. tool. We can only do that uh, if people pledge enough money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that is your know, actual stretch goal. That's a proper from yeah. a stretch. Yeah, because yeah. that's not. I mean, these other tools, although they they're not trivial to put together. You know, given enough time, mm. you know, we can we could put them together yeah. fairly straightforwardly. I'm not saying they're easy, but something on the level of a character builder is a whole. That's not something you just say. Oh, I'm just going to build that this weekend. Yeah, that's non trivial technical challenge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. to do it to do it to the level that we want to offer to the players it's it's a real project mm. so yeah, yeah. that's definitely one of the hopes that we have out of the kickstarter as a stretch goal is to uh, do a character builder but regardless if there's if there's a character builder or not there there's all these other tools that yeah. you know russ okay. can offer to the advanced but well, 5e level level up advanced 5e players yeah. and gms so, so i've got two questions um uh-huh. that comes mind i know shocking <laughs> There may be follow-up questions. I'm not going to oh, lie. No. Um, <laughs> All right. So, well, you like sub-questions. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, no. I know. It's, it's how this questioning thing works. <laughs> uh, yeah. So are there any plans to um, have integration with a uh, a role-playing platform, a tabletop simulator sort of thing? Like a, v, like a, v, a virtual VTT tabletop? is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. So like in the same way that D&D Beyond has the Beyond 20 uh, thing which lets you yeah. click somewhere on the DD one page and it rolls the dice for you in the thing that right. is that's pretty amazing it's not it's not it's right. not a deal breaker for me if it's not there but if it's possible right. that would be amazing and uh, the second yeah, question ahead. is how much of the content that is going to be on a5e tools will also be in srd what's going to be cut out as a question that's the, those are really both kind of questions for Russ, honestly. Mm. Technically, yeah. Uh, well, technically, is it possible to do the first one? It, it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean you'd, have to, you'd have to have the right agreement from Roll20 and stuff like that because you can't, yeah. out, out of the box, you can't just do that. You'd have to right. talk to them. Uh, there, I'm not aware of any plans right now. Like I said, I'll defer yeah. over to Russ as to where that, but hey, I'm not aware of any I mean, plans what, right now. To, we, do, we do have a Roll20 character show. Yeah. Because yeah. like there's no, it's just like it's basically it's. Just, I don't even know how much Roll Twenty is involved in that because it's just an app. It's just an extension for Google. If neither of you know what I'm talking about, you know more about it than we <laughs> Completely wrong way. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I know about integrating. You know, because there's like you have like Roll Twenty, you have yeah. Fantasy Ground, yeah. you have Foundry, you have these yeah. other things. I I'm not involved yeah. right now in any projects to integrate, but that doesn't mean it couldn't. Yeah. be on the plate at mm. some point but like, you know like I, say, I would have to defer that to us if i got the extension then i click on something on dnd beyond and then it happens in rule 20 and that is a really right. neat thing that to is happen. nice yeah, yeah that's very nice yeah. yeah i don't know too much about it so if you don't know what i'm talking about like because you haven't seen it then it's very hard for you to comment on it technically but all right yeah uh, I could say that stuff like that yeah. is technically possible. It just yes. depends on where does it where does it show up on the list of to do mm. items. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I would have to defer to the, the, big, the big honcho there, yeah. Russ. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so, what was the other question? And if it was, uh, there's a certain amount of content in the Level Up Tools online webpage. How much of that is going to be 
like not available to has for third party developers. Uh, well, most of it will be. Um, basically, anything yeah. mechanical will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, okay. You know, like we're not get, we're not going to like get the introduction chapter and put that in an SRD because why? What's the point? You know. No, no, no <laughs> you I know. mean, absolutely fine. Uh, so, like, stuff like Zeitgeist, yeah. Uh, so, be, things like the Heritages and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that sort I, of thing. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, is there anything that's on there that you can think of that wouldn't be in there? Um, for, there wouldn't be in an SRD. Basically, uh, IP yeah. like, for example, Zeitgeist. So, yes, to, right. not, so not, not Zeitgeist setting. Not the like. Say, if there's a goblin race. Mm-hmm. You can use in mm-hmm. heritage. You can use in zeitgeist. Yeah. Obviously, that will be on there. Mm. But the word you won't find okay. the word zeitgeist in the SRD, for example. Right. Okay. So basically, yeah. that's what gets held back. It's the actual sort of setting IP, intellectual property. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that sounds like a fairly broad use of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's just like you won't find the word forgotten mm. realms in the D and D SRD, yeah. or or, okay. or the or the name Drizzt or anything like that. Yeah. So things like the names of the spells, the names of the maneuvers that would be available. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that, that sounds... Oh, sorry. So, I mean, I guess, like, this feels like it's actually like the Wizards of the Coast's 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, except it's got some fairly similar content, which is legally distinct for copyright purposes. Uh, but it's got all of the stuff from the game and a lot more from Ian Sider as well. So uh, that yeah, makes yeah. that... So that surely makes this the default choice for anyone who's trying to develop a system using the D20 engine. It makes it my default choice. I can't speak for anyone else. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, do you want to have to invent, reinvent the wheel yourself, or would you rather just get on with the uh, yeah, setting all our new, rather yeah, than all, doing the system? I mean, all our new innovations are going to be in there for yeah. a very good reason. I want yeah. third parties to be writing books full of a thousand exploration challenges. Mm. I want third parties to write a book full of a thousand new combat manoeuvres. Yeah. I want people to do these things, so we have and, to make we have yeah. to make it possible for them to do that. No, not only possible, but pretty easy yeah, as well. Yeah, because I because I gotta say, like Shane, it's a you've done a bang up job. I I really like using the website. Oh, thank you. It just it's yeah, just it's, easy. I think I didn't realize how much use it was for? getting. Well, I know some of our <laughs> yeah, designers have been playing with it, haven't they? Oh. I didn't even realize mm. until. Uh, I recently moved the the site over to a temporary server doing some design and testing on it. Yeah. And I didn't realize until we got comments yes. among the team that like, oh, it's oh, so I can still get to it, you know, so yes. it's being used mm. uh, already, yeah. which yeah. is nice. So yeah. it's nice to know. One of the big challenges yeah. with that, of course, not it isn't just the um the whole sort of structure mm-hmm. and architecture of mm. the thing. It's the data entry. Oh, yeah, the data oh, entry huge. has been crazy. Huge challenge. Like, ma- yeah. like yeah. monsters, which, you know, mm. I can't even imagine even starting, but we'll, assuming we hit that stretch goal, <laughs> have to at some point, is literally oh. going to be a month of solid data entry. Someone just yeah, sitting yeah, down yeah. for a month, <clears> just, that's going to be, uh, it's, it's a big task. It's a huge task. Mm. Um, there's a lot of monsters, a lot of data, but, oh, Boy, it's going to look good. Mm. What about yeah. um, illustrations and uh I haven't decided yet how much to include. I mean, basically, illustrations and artwork, yeah. obviously, they won't be open gaming content. They'd still be no, but it's, but it's just nice. It's easy, it's easy enough yeah. to put those on there. Mm. When, I'm, okay. you know, when, you put, when you're putting text in, you can just mm. put picture because it's just like a, a, a WYSIWYG um, yeah. posting format. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, because it's just, it's really nice to be able to make counters and stuff if you're using the virtual tabletop or if you want someone to see, like, this is the Sword of MacGuffinite and, uh, and someone's put a picture, like, oh, this is what a Sword of MacGuffinite yeah. looks like. There you go. Have fun. Nah, just... Yeah, I think that, like, right now our focus is on just providing an easily searchable mm. reference for game mm. stuff, yeah. but... And then hopefully do a character builder, yes. you know, depending on too. Kickstarter and the stretch goals. Yeah. Uh, but anytime the public gets their hands on something, mm-hmm. they'll have ways they want to use it that don't even occur mm-hmm. to the original. So, yeah. So, like, hey, can we get tokens? Or, you know, it's yeah. it, it's one of those things that anything's technically possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, can we afford to put the resources into it? And, you know, obviously we want to support the players where oh. we can and, and things like that. But... Well, that's where I, the stretch knows? goals come into play, yeah. then, I guess. Talking of stretch goals, I saw something online the other day where someone said mm-hmm. they were talking about a totally different Kickstarter, and they yeah. had a stretch goal, which was five grand higher than the previous stretch goal, but mm-hmm. the value of what was being produced wouldn't cost £5,000 to make. And they said, I don't understand. Why Why wouldn't you make more for that 5000 And I was like, okay, so maybe there's a disconnect there between people not understanding quite how stretch goals work. Because when you mm, make five thousand yeah. dollars on a Kickstarter, that's not yeah. five thousand profit. No. That five thousand dollars might be a few hundred dollars profit because most of it yeah. is spent sending people or or it may be covering yeah, the base. Sending sending you know, people books like, and stuff. So if yeah, you make an extra five thousand right. dollars, you haven't got an extra five thousand dollars to spend on the stretch goal. No. You've got yeah. an extra five thousand dollars to send all those pe- new people books, and mm. then what's left over, which might be a thousand dollars on a stretch goal. Mm. Yeah, especially with yeah. the yeah. So digital rewards are definitely looking like the smart way mm. to go, uh, just because of ease of distribution. If nothing yeah. else, yeah. yeah. So what yeah. else? What, well, you know, just sorry, what, else, what else have you been working on there, Shane? Because you haven't only been working on the tools; you've been doing yeah. other level up stuff. Uh well, I have done some. Um, you know what? What I've, I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it again for the uh, benefit of the listeners on this particular episode. So when you announced this project, mm-hmm. I approached you, Russ, and I said, hey, I, you know, I'd love to be a part of this project just because I want to see how this stuff gets mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. You know, I interview a mm-hmm. lot of people that are involved in the RPG industry. I like to write, that sort of thing. So I wanted to get, I wanted to see how this stuff all came together. Mm-hmm. And you were kind enough. So yeah, you know, you can, we'll let you uh, have a have a dev developer spot. And so I've written some uh I've written some uh, monsters and some magic items that's been a lot of fun. Of course, I uh, participated, you know, just in the chat, like, what should we do here? Or what should we do there? Or should we, you know, how, how do we think this mechanic should work? Wh- which has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and, and, and writing the A5E version of magic items and, and monsters is a lot of fun, you know, mm. to kind of put the A5E spin on it to kind of think about what, what is this item or what is this monster really, you know, and, and go, you know, and, and dig into it and have some fun with it. So that's been cool, but what's really been interesting and it, this, this has been what I wanted it to be because it's gone even beyond what I expected to see how much work and how much people Mm. are involved to make something like this happen. Um, You know, there's, there's no way that like one person could sequester themselves away for a year and come up with mm. all of this. I mean, there's so much that has happened, so much coordination and decision-making that's needed. And, you know, I, I there's nothing, I guarantee you there's nothing that people will see in these books 
that hasn't been reviewed and mm. discussed. Nothing just got thrown in there. I mean, everything's mm. been reviewed and discussed. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's been, it's very, very cool, a learning experience for me. And just from a career standpoint, it's nice to get a credit on it, on a game design. So that's very nice. But also just that, that sheer experience of seeing what all it takes to put a game together. And then again, yes, I did get to write several monsters and magic items, uh, which, which was a lot of fun. So I wrote, let's, oh, and I wrote some spells. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about that too. I wrote, uh, the spells from tongues through zone of truth. <laughs> and then I wrote magic items. Uh, you would, you know, every developer got a, Hey, you work on these, mm. you work on these, and you work on these. So I work also worked on magic items and, and, and some monsters. So that was pretty mm. cool. So. Uh, like one of the monsters I worked on was instead of a golem, it's mm. a guardian. So I got I got to work on the on the on the stuff for the yeah, guardian. Yeah, and that was really yeah. neat. So. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. Is there anything like what yeah. out of the things that you've you've worked on then, the things that you've made? Is there anything that stands out as your personal? I'm really glad you know I'm going to open that book and that there right there. That's the thing I put in there, and that's the bit I like the best. Ah. Uh. I, I got to have fun with the bag of beans mm. <laughs> and there's some neat bean effects in there that I think are pretty neat. So uh, that's the one that it just immediately comes mm. to mind uh, that in the, in the guardian um, stuff. But yeah, the bag of beans, uh, I love wild yeah. magic and I was given the, the latitude to some of the bag of the beans will be somewhat familiar, but some of it will be brand new. And uh, that was a lot of fun to play with that. So we've got the uh, magic items chapter almost finished in layout now. I'm just looking for the bag of beans in in a work in progress file. (laughs) I also got to uh, write the apparatus of the crab. Oh, yeah. Nice big table there as well. There we go. Let me show you how it came out. Oh, okay. Okay. Ignore the page numbers. They're just placeholders. Yeah, I was uh, yeah, that, that's in Hellasis. Nice. So I was like, I think I looked at another chapter. It was like eight hundred and twelve. How big is this book? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, yeah, my favorite bag of bean looks like it, or my favorite mm. bean looks like it made it in there pretty much. Which ones? Is. Which one is that? I tease mm. the listeners with it. Because oh. you got a D one hundred table there yeah. with one, yeah. two, three, four, five, and six, seven, a, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve different bags. Different beans. Yeah. Mm. And uh, 91 to 99 is probably my favorite. Go on then. What's that? What is uh, it? It says a five-foot hole with swirling multicolored vapors inside appears. Mm-hmm. All creatures within 10 feet of the hole that have an intelligence of six or higher hear urgent, loving whispers from within mm-hmm. a language. From within in a language they understand. Mm-hmm. Each creature makes a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or try to leap into the hole. The first creature to jump into the hole, or more than one, if multiple creatures jump in simultaneously, disappears for Ooh. one day before reappearing. The creature has no memory of the previous 24 hours when it reappears, <laughs> but finds a new randomly determined magic item of uncommon rarity among its possessions. Ooh. It also gains the benefits of a long rest. The hole disappears after one minute or as soon as the creature jumps <laughs> completely into it. Nice. So that one's fun because what happened in that 24 mm. hours? You know, mm. and the, the, the GM and the player can play with that. Or it's yeah. just you lost 24 hours, you got a mm. long rest, and you got a random magic item. Uh, so I just love wild, goofy, like the... Um, it's a plot. The hangover has a yeah. random result. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, what, right? What and the, uh, yeah. the um, like the deck of many things is mm. one of my favorite 
it, just because I love the knuckle biting what's yeah, going to happen, yeah. <laughs> you know, so and it can be good mm. or bad. So, yeah, right. You know, another result is just 1d6 plus 6 fully developed shriekers appear. So <laughs> you know, so you don't know what you're going to get when you throw okay, that beam. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. I think we need to wind up because it's yes. we've gone on half an hour too long. Yeah. As always, thanks so much for the invite. It's been a pleasure. Yes. I always Thank appreciate you. it. Thank and you I'm for joining us. I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. Congrats to the any winners, and I'm very excited to see Advanced yeah. Fifth Edition level up live. Yeah, and that will be on October the fifth, which yes. is what ten yeah. days, eleven days, yeah, ten days, about yeah. that. Yeah. God. About eleven days. Yeah. How many people? How many people are currently? Um, Currently, last I saw, it was over 5,000. Oh, I reckon it must be six by now. No, it's not six. 5,158. Nice. Yeah. Looking good. Blimey. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. If each of them pledged $50, that's over a quarter of a million. That's a quarter of a million. Woohoo, that. (laughs) That's a scary (laughs) thought. That's a scary thought, isn't it? It is. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to do well. I really do. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyway. We've got to get on. Yes. See you later. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I I was reading a review of a game earlier today, which was described as, and I quote, Lumberpunk. What? (laughs) (laughs) In fairness, in fairness, it is a game entirely about beavers and then building a civilization in a post-apocalyptic world. So I'm like, this is stupid. (laughs) But they're very cute. (laughs) So I'm going to give it a pass. (laughs) 